1: podcast. Hope everyone is having a great Wednesday morning. We are brought to you by Anora Whiskey, anorawiskey.com. It is that premium American whiskey, anorawiskey.com. And if you're going to drink, by all means, make sure that you drink
2: responsibly.
1: You gotta drink responsibly. I'm your guy, Sean Davis, the original lucky lefty himself, Malik Zaire. This morning, we're going to talk about the youth movement at Mm -hmm. Notre Dame, the youth movement. This is an incredibly young team. It was was a young team, you know, with a few vets sprinkled in. And you got the vibe that it was a more veteran team because of the guys that were on the field. But when you really look at this squad, this is a really young team because you went into that Ohio State game with a first-time starting quarterback your backup will be a first time starter eventually. Your two left, you do two tackles, were sophomores. And one of them, two games under his belt. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your yeah. veterans were inside. And then you go to the defense side of the ball. You are going to depend from game one on both of your top cornerbacks from the 22 class you needed them to play you knew that in fall camp so as much as people looked at this team being a veteran team this roster this year and even moving forward is an extremely young football team we'll talk about that we'll also get into the gator bowl south carolina just a little bit because we have plenty of time to break that game down we you know we don't want to dig too much into it and kind of take away from our content but you already know we're going to do it different today because that's what we do it's the lucky lucky podcast we spin it different
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash Blue Wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Left, well, I want to start here. As you know, I'm a podcast nerd. That's what I do. Yep. It's the producer and me scour content, look for different ways to approach college football, approach Notre Dame football, and I was sitting and listening to a podcast, and I had to go do this research. Did you realize, I never knew that TikTok was running wild. Now, TikTok, for those of you that might not know, is a very popular social media platform, and it's particularly popular amongst younger people. I, for one, would never be on TikTok. I will say this: we've had several TikTok creators reach out to us via social media, interested in cutting up our stuff to be on TikTok. They're like, yo, we love you all. We man, you love your content. I think I can help you out. This is what I do. I create reels. And I'm like, you know, I'm so disconnected from TikTok. I'm like, you, yo. Hey, I
2: didn't know that. You gotta, you gotta. And hey, the, if, if you follow that lead,
1: if you, you want know, to manage, man. if you want to manage that side left, by all means, because yeah, look, I'll take over on that. Because that would be yeah. Good for us. yeah, because <laughs> I prop, dude. I promise you, I wouldn't look at one TikTok video that we have. because it? No, I never did Snapchat.
2: Yeah, it, I'm not a Snapchat guy. You either. know what
1: I'm saying? It's just certain platforms. I'm like, yo, but news broke yesterday that the labels, the record labels are coming for their money. Now, this is because, you know, TikTok is all about dances, music, like, I don't even think creators of content and artists, I don't even think they really rock with the gram like they used to. Mm. Like, everything is about TikTok. For them, as far as promotion, promotion, events, all of that. And with music being the driving force, it's funny that the record label labels have chosen now when it seems like TikTok has gotten to its peak. Right can be so. You just can't be out there using music.
2: Can't be using everybody's music without production. paying the publishing
1: Damn. and the rights. Absolutely. So it made me think about this. We talk NIL, we talk transfer portal. And it's the Wild Wild West. And we've spoken about Jack Forbitt and his approach. Like, you know what? I'm going to let the Wild Wild West take place. And we're going to strike at the right time. And that's kind of like what the music labels are doing. They sat back. They didn't come after them as they were growing. They waited for TikTok to get to the right point. And then they jumped in. It made me think about this. In your opinion, how far-fetched is it that Notre Dame could really battle for Drake May when he makes things official in the transfer portal? Because we talked about taking a big swing, right? That's what we talked about. Honestly, what would be bigger? Is snatching Drake May. I think that
2: would be the biggest and the most complete fit that we can get at Notre Dame would be Drake May. But I think Marcus Freeman would definitely throw his hat in there in competition and recruiting. I think Drake May only has a couple of choices. Uh, if he was at the transfer portal, which would be us in Alabama. Mm. Maybe, maybe Georgia in there somewhere, but I think we'll, we would do a good job. Tommy would do a good job and Marcus Freeman trying to recruit him to come. I think it would be a great fit, great fit. And I think we will compete hard for Drake May. Probably put all our attention on it, like we did Dante.
1: Yeah, it's interesting because also when you think about NIL, Come to realize that notre dame feels really comfortable about where they sit as far as this youth movement like they understand that not only changing a culture but building a foundation takes time i think they understand and are honest about when things are going to happen like we had a question yesterday that came towards the end of the show and we really couldn't get to it because we went extra long yesterday and we just had to end the show. But it made me think about this. Like someone asked the question. I forget who it was. One of our listeners. Will Notre Dame win a national championship in the next three years? And it made me take a step back and say, man. Hmm, for what they're really trying to do. And this is being this is really going the way of a true youth movement man i would like to jump out there and say yeah i really would but honestly taking a step back i mean i'm sure the people in the building would say yes heck yeah but i think you've been part of a youth movement That's to see this is This is see this. You know, you know, I was about to throw you to alley oop. You knew I was about to throw you to alley oop. You've been part of a youth movement within that program, right? When there was a young roster in the waiting, but you had veterans playing, some that probably should not have been playing. Specifically at the linebacker position, sound familiar? But I digress. And it was towards the end of the season and into the bowl game where you saw a lot of young players start to get a lot of run. That's right. And the very next season was probably one of the most potent, best chances for Notre Dame to win a national championship. So I pose the question to you and LL Nation. Is that the same vibe you're getting from what's happening inside of Notre Dame right now? You went through
2: it. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's coming. I think the youth movement is where you start to see if you guys are going to be legitimate in the next year or so. Because those are the classes that are pushing the featured roles of what's of what's to come next year. Jaden Thomas got more of a featured role after that bowl game practice. So I think there's there's a, a, an element that you need to have on the team of that that youth movement, that inspiration from the younger class, mixed with some veterans that you know you're going to be consistent because you know, one, you're going to have depth and you have a different sort of energy uh, in each game when it comes to starting fast and then finishing games with the veteran leadership.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Ryan Loftus. He says, 2025 seems like the perfect storm for a championship. Are Notre Dame fans cool with that? By the way, I... Like, two days, I mean, two years away? L.O. Nation, you cool? Waiting with 25? Like, if you knew 25 was the year, of course, if you knew 25 was the year, you would be cool waiting for it. But do you think this fan base can wait another year or two to get to that point where it's like, okay, now, We're ready to rock and roll. Be honest, love.
2: Twenty-five seems like a long time. (laughs) It does. I think twenty-three or twenty-four or twenty-four would be better because twenty-three will have a chance to be that lead class for Marcus Freeman as veterans or at least as older guys. And with how 24 is looking, I think it'll be a nice class to bring in behind 23 in 24 to be able to really make a run. I think next year is going to be more about figuring it out, and I think a lot of it is knowing who the franchise quarterback is going to be in that first year, because the year after is going to be where it's going to really come into play and really matter. In terms of being a championship tier team, I think eight and four is a good start, but 10 and two would be a little bit better next year, and then winning the championship the year after is how I see
1: it. Our early, early prediction, I think, was what 10 and two. I think that's what we said for next year. Look, people don't realize how young this team really was. Yeah, like your two running backs were sophomores, bro. Tyron, uh-huh. and they were, this is their first time in the spotlight. Kyron Williams was the dude just last year.
2: Just last year.
1: So, everyone that you expected to carry the load, they were young. Lorenzo Styles Jr., he's a sophomore. He didn't really start getting his run until the second half of the freshman year, and that was only due to injury. Deion Cozy, sophomore, dealing with injuries. I just really don't think people understand how young this team was coming into the season.
2: Yeah, I mean, just last year, we had the running backs that we love so much this year in the bowl game looking very young behind the ears and talking about how they were going to bounce back and never let it happen again. That wasn't too long ago. So now, you know, they're being more of the future role in the team. That's a great start but they're still very young, a lot of room to grow, a lot more yards to eat up. And I think they're maturing as along with the offensive line, who is also young. And I think it's going to be a, a much more veteran and much more experienced team playing Ohio State the year coming up because that, I think, it would be more fit behind a quarterback, even if it's Tyler Buckner that's more experienced mm-hmm. than what we had this year. So I think we'll be way more ready to play at home versus an Ohio State team that I think is going to take a huge step down. Even though they're in the playoffs this year, it was, you know, they got put there, they didn't earn it, they got put there. And I think that, uh you know, we're our stock is rising where theirs is falling. I think we'll have a good chance of really making an impact, starting off with them next year. But it's because of the the maturation of how we finish this season with these running backs, getting them healthy again, getting the young guys back in with Jayden Lamar coming. And Jadarian Price, you know, coming off injury, I think will be much more effective in that room. On top of the fact that that quarterback position is going to be better than this year. So that's going to help be the, the next piece. And I think we're <clears throat> right there where we need to be. And Marcus Freeman just got to guide it right in the in the, in the the dock.
1: Yo, Jay Lamar, you mentioned his name. On three, just recently predicted that he's going to flip to Oregon. Before National Signing Day, he just met with Marcus Freeman. You know, story that we're getting, as soon as he heard that news, he called Marcus Freeman and said it wasn't true.
2: <laughs> he said, I'm sorry, man. Don't you, that's,
1: don't you, that's all we're saying. He reached, worry, out, he reached out to Notre Dame and said the report is not true. So – Right,
2: and that's why you had to call the godfather and be like,
1: hey. I mean, Marcus Freeman has street. just left him.
2: Yeah. Marcus yeah. Freeman
1: had just left him with an in-home visit. All of a sudden, here comes this report. And the whole family was there. Right, right. He so, had all the
2: friends and family.
1: Look, this is, for, for like four or five guys, you know what it is. Number two class in the nation. Teams like Colorado, Oregon, picking at the classes and they're not picking at the classes come to get kids with our offense you can do this they're coming with money in hand period that's it so now either young men will choose nil or they'll choose notre dame it's it's really as simple as that it's really as simple as that jay lamar was on the zoom call on sunday night so yo he's locked in he's going through the process and for him to reach out and to call marcus freeman and say yo that's i man i have nothing to do with that i just find it very interesting i find it very very interesting so lucky lefty podcast talking youth movement at notre dame Go right now to the YouTube channel. Subscribe if you haven't done so. Also, Apple Podcasts and Spotify at CFB Nation in conjunction with Irish Breakdown for all of our great content. We have a poll up on the YouTube page that we would love for all of you guys to participate in. It is a picture poll. The options are Jalen Sneed, Nolan Ziegler, uh, Tyler Buckner, who we'll get to in a second because he's he's still young. Like, he, he's still young. Like, it's his third year, but, like. And it's
2: crazy. It's because, you know, a guy a guy at this time in the yeah. transfer portal era, and you're seeing 18 to 17 guys leave top programs like Florida, Texas AM. and We're yeah. not seeing the mass exodus of Notre Dame players, especially the ones we know are frustrated. <laughs> we know. We know Lorenzo Styles is frustrated and probably had his hand over the transfer portal button this whole season. But for him to be able to still be there and believe in what Marcus Freeman is putting out as the culture and what's to come. It's tremendous kudos to what Marcus Freeman has at Notre Dame. We don't have a get there just because everything seems great and leave culture when things don't go right. We're sticking around, and, and for a team that's as talented as as Notre Dame is, where we have a lot of guys that will start a lot of different places, especially at a time with this transfer portal, just commending the, on him to be able to not only retain recruits, but retain guys that could easily call that all, go down to the athletic office and complain about wanting to go somewhere else.
1: You're right, left. It's one of those things, the last – and then the fourth option – on the poll is Tobias Merriweather. Like, who are you most excited to see? Even a guy like
2: that could try to leave, you know, especially uh, knowing that he is still an impact player. He's young, so where the the degree won't uh, affect him too much. And the fact that he knows, just like we know, he could be an impact somewhere else. And to only have less than 10 catches on the year and stick around, man, (laughs) we... We we must be doing something the Notre Dame the right way.
1: <laughs> is, is it – you know what? Let's take it in this direction, Love. Is it tougher now for coaches to make sure the guys are happy? Because when you knew you had kids locked in, and if they did transfer, they had to sit out, so they were hesitant to move. Now, even with young freshmen, you have to cater – and make sure, like, okay, we got to make sure they're not playing, but we have to make sure that they feel like we l- really love them and to trust that they're going to get their opportunity. It seems like it's another hurdle for staff and coaches, for staff administration to really deal with that. And I really think a lot of these schools and programs should look into adding to the administration and the staff to properly deal with freshmen kind of off the field and not just not, I'm not talking about the staff that just deals with all the players academically and getting them acclimated. I'm talking about a staff that's strictly there because of the new wave of the transfer portal, like man, lock in with these freshmen and let's make sure that they know this is the place they need to be.
2: Yeah, absolutely. This is a, The support staff and just I think the culture that Notre Dame brings outside of the football field, just being at school and taking up all the different resources that are there, I think it gives the kids a little bit more, especially freshmen, of a, a wide-eyed view to what Notre Dame can offer them in terms of why they committed. And it's about recruiting the right guys. I think if you look at so many schools that have so many dropouts uh, or transfer guys, mm-hmm. you 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 got a question, you know, okay, what was the intention of how they got recruited there to begin with? And I think being genuine is what's going to last in terms of relationship building for kids to stay at schools. Yeah. Whereas that NIL seems to be real fickle and it's putting some kids on the wrong idea of why they went to the school and how it can uh, do well for them in a football career. I think, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more of a shysty uh, business Uh, decision instead of it being wholesome. Like I feel like Marcus Freeman is kind of giving plans out uh, when he's on his recruiting visits to kids and their families about how he sees their development in the three to four years, not just getting them there to to commit to school on that that visit or on that uh, period of time.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. And David Littlefield, great comment right here. He says recruiting your own players never stops. We totally agree with that but you have to evolve and just leaving it up to the staff that you have (laughs) you might need to bring some other people in right because it's a lot now this yo this transfer portal evaluating the 24 class evaluating 25 kids like it's a lot on the plates of these coaches it's not like it was 10 years ago the game is different and i'm all for bringing in people to help
2: Yeah, I think it's sort of like how, uh, as some of these agencies like CAA and Athletes First have, they have a part of their business structure is like a support staff, to where they'll call the families and set up, you know, the tickets for the families, or if they want to go do something or a concert in town, they got the connections and it's kind of like having a uh, the plug for different things that go on. To support the families of the athlete um, while the athlete is doing what he does, because it's just too much for a coordination standpoint to get everybody to the game. To you know, so I think having a support staff on a football program for a, a school like Notre Dame is you can have something similar to where they're just there for the kids. It's not football related. It's, it's it helps with the travel on breaks. They help with, you know, the the lifestyle of what, what to do after football They can provide different internships for them. So I think uh there's ways you can provide support and then not just be throwing you duffel bags that can help you stay and and right and live in that culture we, of being at school.
1: Obviously the duffel bag isn't enough.
2: It's, it's just like, not enough. You know, us humans, enough. especially
1: recruits, we require
2: a lot and and the money is only the top of the iceberg, apparently, or as we're seeing in this in today's transfer board.
1: So the reason I threw you that alley is because in 2014, bro, I, I, I think that was a season that started out high expectations. You guys are playing well. You dealt with some injuries, specifically on the defensive side of the ball. Heck, losing the guys on the offensive side of the ball, especially on the offensive line. And then all of a sudden it turned into a disappointing season, right? Same thing. You come back, the squad is young if you really look at it, similar to 14. And guys you feel like should be playing, feel like the youngsters should be getting more run. It was the same vibe, especially when things started going downhill in the 14 season. Eight and four is looked. At, it's Notre Dame, man. Eight and four ain't it? I mean, let's just be honest.
2: Maybe in twenty oh eight or something, but not now. Maybe no. Brady Quinn's years and stuff, but
1: I don't honestly, I, man. Ten and two good. is the standard. Oh, absolutely.
2: Ten and two is the standard,
1: absolutely. And, and damn it, on. them
2: two games better be close.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
2: Within a field goal or something.
1: So, the young players, talk about that mindset. You, Greg Bryant, Torian, uh, sitting back and watching things go left in that season. What are you feeling? What are you thinking? Are you thinking, man, we should be getting run? We should be getting ticked? They're not using us. We can help them win. What's the mindset? And how do you think guys like Tobias Merriweather, Jalen Sneed, Nolan Zigger, Josh Burnham? Like, what do you think is going through their mind as they watch uh, a season with expectations turn into what it's turned into, which is 84, and a birth in the gator ball?
2: Man, well, it's definitely motivating, especially knowing that they have a bowl game where they can be more active and participant in because I think they get to show a little bit of what they've been holding back. Plus, it's just all season, you're watching what's going on, Wish you could do something about it, but also connecting with guys that are on the same page as you, that they're not going to let what they see on the field happen next year. And I think there's a psychological factor that plays into that, so much so to where the unity, especially where we've been lacking most in, is going to be one of the best positions next year. And I think Marcus Freeman realizes that psychological factor to where he didn't let them play too early. He didn't just roll them out there and be like, okay, you guys are four or five stars. Go go get film or do your thing. He kind of reserved them enough and played them in spots to where they can get a little bit of confidence and get more uh, willing to chomp at the bit for when they get a chance to really compete and be out there as a 1A, 1B type of starter or rotating guy. I think it's just proven that if it it, it must have worked because they didn't transfer. <laughs> So they must have a unity or a plan or some type of connectivity not only to Marcus Freeman but each other to where they want to really see this through and get a chance to play
1: out there all together. Like I said, early in the season, I remember a picture being out there with Marcus Freeman when he realized they were going to lose their game at home to Marshall. And at that very moment, I thought it was very poignant with what he was going to, going to eventually have to do To really change the culture, standing behind him at that very moment was Jalen Sneed, Nolan Ziegler, Josh Burnham, I think Jabron Payne, and like one other freshman. It was like he was surrounded by his dudes. You know what I'm saying? I just thought that was like really emblematic of of what needed to take place at Notre Dame and what was about to take place. And I was like, yo, that's the picture of the year for me. Like, when they do win the national championship, this is the picture I'm going to bring back from 2022. Like, yo, this guy's had his back, even in the tough times.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely surround yourself with your boys, man. They make you feel better when things around you aren't going quite as planned. And I think a lot of it, too, is that he was just – it was just a tough – situation to be in and it is for any coach your first year when you got guys in position that you didn't necessarily put there so you're you're managing something that you didn't really start and so it can be a roller coaster of emotions because you're like what I'm trying to bring is not what this is yet yeah and I don't want people to get a different perspective or don't think that I can get it done by looking at what this is, the product is out on the field now. And so moving forward, 23 and having those guys around you, I think Marcus Freeman's reactions and his, uh, yeah, basically his reactions to what what he's around because he has more control over it and more responsibility to it, I think we'll see him become more alive in his second year as a head coach in Notre Dame as well.
1: Look, Chris Davidson, we thank you, man. It's a great comment. Like, just goes right into the conversation we're having right now. Hey, he says he's afraid that 10-2 and two is going to be common uh, with 11-1 or 12, you know, periodically. Well, 10-2 for Notre Dame still probably gets them into the CFP playoff as it expands. Uh, the pressure will be less now where Notre Dame pretty much feels like they have to go undefeated each and every year not having a conference alignment or a connection to a conference. So that eases things a little bit within the program, in my opinion. But not only that, this is our early, early prediction. Like, we don't know the quarterback from the portal. Like, there's a lot of things. We don't know the defensive line help from the portal. We don't know what's going to possibly be added at the wide receiver position. We just don't know You know, we could talk about this in January and immediately feel like, oh, they're going eleven and one. You know, but- well, I mean,
2: only the team, only the team can really determine that. I just, yeah. I know the feeling of what it is to know before you roll out there what the season is going to be, because yeah. I was experiencing, because I was there, and we didn't even have to play no games to know that we were going to be really, really, really good, yeah. and a problem for teams this year or that year. And I think it just has to start from there. Marcus Freeman can give all the great speeches he wants to about what, what's to come, but only the team knows when they're really uh, ready to be taken out the oven. And I think we've been baking for a good long time and, and I, and I have an inkling that that will feel really good about not being eight and four the next year and hopefully having enough confidence to be in that 11 and one 10 and two range. But at the end of the day, 10 and 2 and above is a great season. Let's not get it twisted. I'm sure most of these transfers that are in this portal would love to be on the team that was 10 and 2, uh, 11 and 1, or whatever the case may be. So it's going to be important that all of these guys, especially on the team, stick together and know uh, that the only, per- the only people that can control their season is the ones on it.
1: What what were the dorm conversations like for you guys in that class? You talk about it It was just
2: always super competitive in everything. Like everything was competitive from uh, talking stuff to playing any game to doing anything. It was it was a good brotherly competitiveness, and that's what we felt so good about is that if. We're competitive with each other, and all of us are projected to be this, that, and the third in the season for awards and everything else. That means we're playing against the best. And practicing against the best each and every day gave us the confidence that if we're the best and we're going against the best in practice, then what's better than outside of what we have on this team? And that confidence just radiated uh, throughout the season because we didn't feel like there was a matchup that we haven't seen in practice (laughs) from a a one-on-one standpoint. And uh, that's what really got us going.
1: Yeah, and I think there were several freshmen this year that were giving the, this major, the uh, starting squad issues during practices. And, and that's good to hear. You want to hear that. Like, oh, man, this dude is an issue. Nolan Ziegler, I do. Nolan Ziegler basically made certain coaches mad because he popped somebody in a practice. I'll leave like he laid, he laid wood on somebody, and they were kind of like, Man, what you doing? He's competing, that's yeah. what he's doing. He's letting you know, I want to play.
2: Yeah, and, and sometimes you need to do that to get attention when everything's going crazy. You might need to give a little shoulder check to a guy, let him know, Hey, you know, I'm trying to play too, and you know, you could take. Some of the repercussion from that, but at, at the end of the day, we need guys that want to put their life on the line to be able to start. Yeah, and that it, that's just gonna—I'm <laughs> telling you—trickle down to the rest of the team. And that—that's where the next man up mentality really comes into play when you have guys that you know compete really hard, and if they don't get the spot, still think they deserve it enough to be ready to get in there. I think when we had Van Gorder and uh, going through the, the process of trying to figure out what he's trying to call and, and do. There was a lot of competition because Van Gorder was hard on them. You know, he cussed them out every day, tell them they wasn't nothing every day. But the team was very uh, encouraged to try to figure it out and be able to put themselves in positions to make plays. And even though we had our ups and downs with I think mentally, it, it, it shaped us in the right way of being prepared each week and having guys ready to play, even if they're not starting. And I think that's where the key uh, really started to uh, turn was that guys were ready to play when they weren't starting. And that's how you know you have a team that's on its way of being really good.
1: Lucky lefty podcast. Go over to Spotify, Apple podcast for all of our great content cfb nation in conjunction with irish breakdowns the lucky lefty podcast you already know we spend it different also subscribe to the youtube page hit the notification bell every time we drop something to go live you'll know but more than that leave a comment because we respond and we appreciate each and every comment that you guys leave to climb to five thousand is now on the move it's because of you ll nation that we are and have been able to be the success that we are now. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Lucky Lefty Pod. Smash that like button, Hulk. Smash it. We appreciate you. Now we understand that Notre Dame should be more experienced at quarterback, more experienced in the backfield. More experienced at wide receiver. The interior of the offensive line will have some youth on it, right? Some youth that's been with Harry. He's staying for a year, though. I'll throw that in there. A lot there'll of reps. Young, a lot of reps. But there'll be he's he's staying young,
2: which you is which is two years instead
1: of one. <laughs> exactly. You go to the defensive line. The defensive line is going to be young. They're looking to add veterans there. We have to think about whether or not Justin Adam Neola will be returning. But they will still have some guys. Riley Mills will be there. Howard Cross will be there. Justin Adam Neola, if he decides to come back. But you're going to need contributions from Aiden Gabire. He's going to have to step up. Tyson Ford, Jason Ongate, Josh Burnham. They're going to have to take that next step. They're probably going to add two in the portal to the defensive lines, right? And then you have the freshmen coming in. Well, defensive backs, they're going to be young. They're going to be really good, but they're going to be young. The veteran will be Cam Hart, uh, Clarence Lewis for now. Uh, I don't know if he is a candidate to possibly move on, uh, safety, they're going to be young. So, once again, the youth movement is going to continue, right? But being a veteran at the right position, like quarterback, and getting the right guy is going to be vitally important because that, in my opinion, if you had that same leadership on this team at the quarterback position this year, we're talking about a 10-2 team this year, in my yes.
0: opinion.
2: Yes. We're a quarterback away in a lot of standpoint. Um and that's just showing you how important it is to recruit that position and why it's important that we get the right guy in this transfer portal now. Cause it can be the difference between eight and four, ten and two, possibly eleven and one season. And that's with doing all the other things right as well. Making sure D line is stacked with depth, making sure the O line is. Is, is very equipped, having the pieces around a guy, preparing the table for a guy to come and sit and eat. So that's a tough job in and of itself, where 90% of college football has a tough time doing. The other percent that's the icing on the cake is finding that guy that can really put it all together, and that's the quarterback position. So we're 90% complete. We need that, that 10%, which is huge. As an individual on a football team, but it matters because that's the difference between championship and we don't have a conference, so championship or nothing.
1: <laughs> that's a fact. That's a fact. That's a lot of questions out there. We're gonna get to thank you, Bob. You guys keep the chat lit every day. You keep it lit every day. So Which youth movement makes the most impact next year? love?
2: I'm gonna say the linebackers just because mm. I'm excited to see what I kind of saw in, that, in those last couple games and what, what I'll see in this bowl game. And I know they're all studs,
1: mm-hmm. every
2: single one of them from middle to outside to the rover position to the weak side linebacker, they're all studs, and they and I know that. One thing is going to be for sure, while Marcus Freeman is at Notre Dame as a head coach, those linebackers are going to be right. That's going to be the one unit I can count on the most because he was a linebacker. So I'm expecting him to make that linebacker position one of the best in the country, and he's going to recruit like it and accept nothing less. He may not have all the the understandings and details of what it takes to build a dominant quarterback room every year, but damn it, the linebacker room. It wants, it's going to be the leader of this team at some point. And I trust, if anybody, Marcus Freeman's going to get that done with James Leranitis at his side.
1: I think he's going to be the wide receiver movement. I think Tobias. Do you still consider Dion Young? Because he really hasn't played a lot because of injury. Um, it's his sophomore year. He came on late when he got healthy, but it was really only like a small sample size. Like So from an experience standpoint, would you consider him part of the youth movement or do you think three years in is like?
2: Well, he's battling the window. So, hmm. you know, unfortunately it is what it is. If you flirting with that window opportunity you know, you really don't have too much control over it. It's sort of how Joe Wilkins was in that position. Got hurt to the point where it's like, when healthy, it's hard to find your spots in the game just because yeah. you've been around but not in the game for so long. So hopefully, you know, he stays healthy enough to find out if he'll have that chance. But, you know, college football don't stop for nobody. And hopefully uh, with the transfer portal now, you don't have to suffer the uh, consequences of not knowing and you can go get you a better spot. Hopefully.
1: So they just released, we actually just got the updated media schedule. You know, next time we'll hear from Marcus Freeman will be this weekend, Saturday at the practice. And then we'll hear from the coordinators on Sunday after that. And, uh, cool so the next availability we'll be able to view practice on the 26th the day after christmas so we'll be there lucky lefty will be in the building um what are you looking to hear from marcus freeman and the coordinators when they talk to the media as they've gone through their first week of preparation. Like, give me the one thing that left you want to hear that's going to make you say, okay, all right.
2: Uh, something about how the young guys, he has to find a way to calm down because they're so overly excited, overly amped to practice, overly amped to compete and get better. That'll make me feel really good about uh, the spirit of the team because usually the spirit of the team comes from the guys that aren't playing. <laughs> that's more the morale side of things. So if, uh, if we hear that, and and um, I think we'll have a a good inkling that we'll have a good showing in that bowl game for sure.
1: Yo, <laughs> the chat the chat is brutal today on TR brutal. <laughs> we'll get some of the comments. It's a Lucky lucky podcast talking youth movement and Notre Dame. All of our great content is available each and every day. It drops at 3 p.m. Eastern, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, CFB Nation, in conjunction with Irish Breakdown. All right? You already know. Nobody does it better, and we spin it different. That's what we do. We spin it different. left there's news coming out about all of these top recruits that are committed to Notre Dame being swayed and being offered six figures when it comes to NIL deals things of that nature also everybody's trying to figure out what the hell Tommy Reese is (laughs) and I venture to say since they've been practicing, that Tommy's been at practice. Tommy's been at practice. He's been at practice. And secondly, Tommy has the most important job of the offseason. There is nothing more important than getting this transfer quarterback right. Nothing. That's it. Nothing. That's it. And all attention should be on that. Man. So, as much as Notre Dame fans are questioning, like, whether or not he's out looking for a job, man, look.
2: He'll be looking for a job if he don't get this right.
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So he don't have to
2: worry about looking for no job because I promise you, he won't keep this one if he don't get this right. So if he got to stay in the building all day, I don't care if he don't see none of the guys we got. I
1: don't care if he's locked up in the Basilica (laughs) praying with the fathers. I don't care if he's at the grotto three, four times a week. Do whatever you have to, oh, three, four times a day. I don't care. Do do what you have to do to get this right. Do what you have to do to get this right. I don't need to see you. I don't need to see you at the Gator Bowl.
2: No. I don't even need to see Let's even let an intern and call, call the game. To
1: back to South Bend, <laughs> giving the plays for all I care, bro. As you're watching a film or taking
2: business right. with transfers, right? You can, you can text plays to the Gator Bowl and do all of that, you know. But. Bro,
1: if he was on a beach talking to Drake May as the Gator Bowl was going on,
2: I'm okay with that.
1: Sending in, in plays, I'm good. I'm good.
2: Of like, I'm really good. Like I promise you, I would not be a no. Left,
1: left is acting serious. He's
2: actually best. <laughs> Cuz damn, it, we don't want to see a repeat of an 8 and 4 season with a a, a custodian uh at the, at the position. We want to see sparks flying. We want to see you really put your best foot forward and and represent the quarterback room the right way. You get you representing the quarterback room with guys that you would think are student walk-ons. We need to have a bona fide guy to be like, man, where'd you get that guy from? What kind of QB force did you find this kid in? Because he just looks the part, is the part, and we're going to go far with this kid. That's what I want to feel at the position. I hate going into games, being like, yeah, we're not better than this guy, not better than this guy, not better than this guy. And that is, is, is hurting my pockets to bet on them for Vegas. Like, good grief. I can't even feel confident betting on the team week to week knowing that we don't have anybody in there that's going to really shake, make something shake when things don't go right.
1: Let's get it right. (laughs) Just,
2: Just Just get it right.
1: Get it right. That's really all I can say, man. Get things right. Early on, what troubles you the most?
2: about South Carolina left? Anytime you're playing a top quarterback, uh, you got to play all four quarters. And, you know, it's about making plays. So who's going to make more plays? South Carolina's hot right now. Uh, They've lost a couple guys through the transfers. So I I think it'll definitely affect their team. However, um, if Spencer doesn't play, I think we'll win by 21 points. But if he does... I think it'll be a closer game. We'll win by seven or maybe 10. But I think that uh, it's about making plays, especially against a top quarterback.
1: They've been able to put up 30 points per game, even with their early struggles. 378 yards per game. Only 5.7 yards per play, though. Even with a big arm like Spencer Rattler, that stood out to me initially when I looked at the stats, bro. I was like, hmm Man, I thought they would be better per play. Teams love to run the ball against them. That's something they give up close to two hundred per game on the ground, bro. That, that's, that's, that's good meat. That's good meat for Harry Heatstand and his boys.
2: Yeah, but remember, Cal gave up the same amount of wheat. <laughs> Stanford had – we had more weight at the tight end position than Stanford on D-line, and psh, couldn't make it happen.
1: Well, we'll, well, hopefully, you know, as we dig deeper, we'll give more confidence to, the fan, confidence to the fan base as to why we feel right now that Notre Dame is going to win the game currently what is the line help us out ll nation i haven't looked at it at all what's the line the early line on this game somebody put it in the chat for us and let us know before we got out of here left we saw the transfer portal explode did you think Guys, we already know conversations take place way before December 5th with teams. Did you think that you would see dominoes falling a little bit faster, even though it's just December the 7th? Or Did you think it would take a week or so before we start seeing some of the big names making a decision?
2: Man, every, every day you see a, another big name jumping into the portal. I think it's it's kind of crazy because what, how do you – not every guy is going to get an opportunity as, as, as good as some of these guys are. You know, there's a lot of good names in there that might not find homes just due to the need, similar to how the draft is, you know um, – I would hate to be a guy in the transfer portal now, you know. So I don't know what those conversations are like on the recruitment side of the transfer portal or are guys making contact every day. I don't know if it's a, I heard it's like a list that you go on and you got people checking it, but every day is another 100 or so added. So,
1: yeah. It, yeah.
2: It, the shuffle of college football is going to be the biggest it's ever been. And I think we'll see a lot of teams be more competitive next year. Uh, But, man, it's just a crazy cycle right now. It's hard to really uh, know where it's going to go for sure.
1: Yeah, we just saw Georgia with his first transfer, the defensive lineman, 300 pounds, big dude. He's out of Memphis, if I'm not mistaken. Someone put it in the chat. Uh, And he's a producer, so. Say it again?
2: He's a music producer.
1: Are you serious? Yeah. I, I already really? looked
2: at his Instagram, like I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I don't know if he's taking that serious or not, but you know, whatever. Yeah.
1: <laughs> oh man, taking it in with
2: your guy. Yeah, you know, maybe it's just a part of it, but <laughs> you know, give me give me uh, something around that three thirty, three sixty five range.
1: Yeah. Six, five 40. or
2: something, you know what I mean? You make it happen.
1: So the portal continues to build, and I think we're going to see more entries into the portal after the bowl games. Just, it might explode again after the bowl game, so, you know, we'll see. Okay, you guys. to
2: We recruit the right way. And we get guys we need and not guys that just flash in a portal.
1: Yeah. Um, The average line is between three and a half to four and a half. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. Irish three and a half, four and a half. I would actually take that. I would actually take that early. Actually, I think that's going to go up as we get closer to the game. Especially Mm -hmm. if Rattler decides to go to the NFL.
2: Yeah. Yeah, if if Rattler decides to go to the NFL, I got us winning by a lot. So, well, seven, well, 21, actually.
1: Yeah. Man, we will know a lot about Tommy Reese in, like, the next – we don't have to even wait until the next season left. We'll know a lot about Tommy Reese in the next couple of weeks. Period.
2: If not, we're putting the eviction notice on his door.
1: Man, we will know a hell of a lot about Tommy Reese and the next life. This transfer quarterback and how these quarterbacks play in this bowl game.
2: Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. How the, the to quarterbacks to play in the
1: bowl game. Oh, yeah. We're going to see a lot. And I think
2: the transfer game. quarterbacks are looking at the bowl game and being like, okay, what are y'all rolling out there, you know, and who do you guys have now? I think they'll be salivating at the fact that, the competition is thin mm-hmm. in our quarterback room. Yeah. But then again, it has to be who's fitting at the right time, right place.
1: All right. Let's get to some of these comments, questions, and super chats, love. Rob Osgood, guys, in your opinion, which incoming freshman will either start or have a lot of playing time? Thanks. Do you want for 23 or for the game?
2: 23.
1: Start one
2: of the receivers, got him get in there. Maybe Jordan Greyhouse, one of those guys making the splash. Uh, I'm really confident on the guys coming I mean, back
1: at field positions. Honestly, Peyton Bowen is the easy choice, he's yeah. the easy choice. But, like, I tell people, man, like Xavier Watts and Ramon Henderson are not about to lay down for that dude. They're
2: not. <laughs> At least not in the beginning. No.
1: No. So
2: I, I'm telling you, I like I like all the guys coming back except the quarterback position in terms of starting. I think yeah. some freshman will play. Yeah. But I you know, Peyton Bowen, like you said, is an easy choice. I think Jordan Greyhouse would probably be my second or first favorite choice. Yeah as a rotation guy, or maybe in there in special teams or something.
1: I I can see Dylan Edwards and Jeremiah Love being impactful.
2: Yeah. Maybe Michael Bell.
1: Yeah, I can see see Jeremiah Love being like a third down, situational, you know, backfield motion out. Quick screen game along with him and Dylan Edwards, like I I can see that because that's the explosiveness that you might not get with Aldrick and Logan.
2: And hopefully Tommy trusts these guys. I mean, to do that simple stuff. I mean, it was hard enough for him to trust Tobias to just run down the field. So oh my goodness. That's just what I'm saying. We just can't have us be shackled with this whole subjective trust thing. We got all the talent in the world, literally.
1: Yeah,
2: Marcus Freeman has put, got the best groceries from Whole Foods, Costco, and Sam's Club. He's a member at and Amazon Fresh.
1: Yeah,
2: he's the member at all three, and he's like, "Man, I got I got your mushrooms from the the, the local farm. You know, the chicken is grass fed." That thing about 22 a pound right now with inflation. You know, I got the whole grain pasta. I ain't get the the starch stuff. I got the whole grain. Bro. Make this pasta right, man.
1: I stopped at Walmart on the way home from Bible class last night, bro. (laughs) I promise you I didn't get anything and spent like $70 in the grocery store. (laughs) I promise you I didn't get anything, bro. Nothing.
2: And you leave with $70 less. Yo, I didn't even get nothing. I got a pack of gum, something the
1: young, to drink. The young, the young lady rung me up and she said $72. And I just stopped, bro. And Super I bad. never, dude, <laughs> my wife is the one that usually scans the receipt. I was just walking to the car looking at the receipt, like, yeah, yeah. Hey.
2: There's, nothing, there's no shame in that coupon book. <laughs> there's no shame in that coupon book. You know, nowadays, that's where they're knocking off $20, $30.
1: Man, facts. Drock rock Irish, we appreciate you. Malik, how much autonomy did you have to change the play call at the line? Heard a story that Pine would be checking out of play calls when he's send in. Thoughts?
2: Yeah, we had a, a nice ability to do some of that stuff, adjust some plays, flip the run. Uh, get into a better situation with the play. So I think it's because we had that when I was there. Tommy kind of probably gives uh, Drew that, not Tyler, but definitely gives Drew some of that autonomy.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But, I mean, you know, that it's a slippery slope with that because sometimes you want to run stuff that he's changing and this, that, and the third. So, yeah, we definitely had an opportunity um, to do some of that. I don't know how it would look. Uh, moving forward with young guys, but I'm sure we'll, if we had a franchise guy like a, like have we had Ian or even Jack Cone probably did a couple of changing here and there. I think uh, it'll add to making us a better offense all around.
1: I agree with that. We appreciate you, Beef Eater ND D O8 aka Toll Jam, nineteen ninety two. A heck of a name, Ashawn and Malik. Do you ever see a team having to forfeit a bowl game because of losses to the portal? No, it
2: they just they're gonna go in there real wounded, like Florida's gonna go in there real wounded.
1: North Carolina,
2: no, Carolina, Texas AM. It's like, shoot, just yesterday,
1: first of all, Texas AM, A&M is not going to a bowl, that's number one.
2: Yeah, they got like 11 – it was like 11 guys on one team left in the same day. No, 14 left from Florida like yesterday or this morning. So, you know, a lot of young guys are going to get opportunities, but a lot of spots are going to uh, be available. But also, uh, if you think about it, um, these teams, they still playing these bowl games because they want that money. So they, they don't wow. care if they got to play with managers or – you know, fans in the stands. You know, give them a, a fan controlled football field. <laughs> right. hey, how they many players? Play.
1: Florida A and M played North Carolina without twenty three players. They can, yeah, they, can. Players. they wanted That's that money. Crazy. They they wanted that visitor gate. That's gonna be. They're like we're playing.
2: Uh, but I wonder at these programs. What's what's causing the mass exodus? Because North Carolina is still a nice school, you know. But 23.
1: You know coming back, bro. You know it. they probably you know that roster knows Drake's not coming back.
2: You know that got to. I mean, Drake see that he probably like, shoot, I can't even stay if I wanted to.
1: <laughs> Which leads to this super chat, David Littlefield. We appreciate you. Thank you for the super chat. Seems taking someone like May with numerous years left may mess up the quarterback room with the two incoming quarterbacks. Drake May's only here for a year. He's in the Yeah,
2: he's not staying long. Like, I don't care
1: how much eligibility he has. Drake May is a one and done.
2: Yeah, he's not like where he goes, one yeah, and
1: done. he's one and done. Eligibility doesn't matter. He's yeah. to the lead. And I got Truman, Theodore Dumel. We're messing with them about that Jets jersey. Finally, having some pride and wearing it. Who's a? It's a case of be, uh, buyer beware and who's a bargain in the transfer portal.
2: Where they're it growing is hard to know, just yet, because this guys popping in every day. Uh, I think there's buyer beware on a lot of the quarterbacks in the draft the transfer portal, uh, due to the fact that, you know getting adjusted for one year could be a challenge for some of those guys who've grown up in the system for three, two or three years. And uh, it was, I'm not going to say mediocre, but wasn't the greatest Mm -hmm. in the system they was just in. So it could be some feast or famine in the quarterback transfer portal, which makes Tommy's job that much more important to get it right. You know, you can't afford to get a head scratcher where we could have just uh, did other things in the transfer portal or focused attention other places. So uh, sort of in the quarterback, and then, you you know, it's it's just hit or miss that you have to have the mindset of going into this anyway just because you don't know the guy's situations before this and what transpired, and you can only get a guy for so long before, you know, you might toss him to the side when they get at school just because you got got to keep it rolling.
1: Yeah. Cole Barker, thank you for uh, chiming in, tapping in today, and thanks for the super chat. Seems OU, Oklahoma, isn't a so-called Sherlock, like they keep reporting. They're literally camping out at Denton or trying to get him to flip, talking about Peyton Ball.
2: Well, they got a lot of guys that uh, have left. So, you know, I think recruits are going to look at that and be like, man, the whole team is leaving. Maybe it's a chance to do – great things. Maybe it's a chance to show that I'm not trying to go to a program that everybody's leaving. So I think the safest and the most secure place in college football right now is Notre Dame. That's the best place and landing spot to have the softest landing spot, especially if you're a most wanted recruit right now. I just don't think Peyton Bowen at this time can find a better landing spot than he will at Notre Dame just from the uh, vitality of what college football landscape looks like right now. How can you trust going anywhere else other than Notre Dame at this moment when you got guys leaving in mass exodus and busloads bus loads from programs that a lot of people would say is competitive each and every year?
1: Jason Hewlett, thank you for tapping in as always. Thank you for the super chat. I don't like Prime in the Power Five trying to finesse our recruits. Hope he gets humbled year one. Luck for OC.
2: Man, y'all giving prime a lot of attention <laughs> like oh my goodness this is crazy um him as a brand man is just so big i guess that people think he's like the thanos of college football or something um hes i don't think he's doing anything different than what anybody else would do in that position i think he's done a lot of great things for jackson state and clearly if you got The upper hand in recruitment just off of what your name is, I of course would take advantage of it and build it out as much as I can because the Pac-12 is going to be competitive for him, especially his first year building up a program that was one in eleven, not eleven and one. So it's going to be a lot of uh, fireworks that's flying at Colorado, but I bet you Lincoln Riley and his recruitment is going to take a step up, and so is Oregon, and so is UCLA because Prime is definitely going to get some guys and steal some guys from the usual suspects, and I think that's going to make the Pac-12 more competitive. His son's pretty solid himself, so don't be uh, surprised. He already attracted some receiver recruits, but to get some more uh, recruits to come in and make a change.
1: Don't forget, it is Brandon Hillman Day. He makes his decision tonight on what school he's going to commit to. Notre Dame, Fire, and Irish love where they sit with this young man from the VA, four-star athlete, wide receiver, running back, safety, rover. This kid can do it all. And he talking about impact players, he might end up being the sleeper of the class. He might end up being the Benjamin Morrison of the 23 class if he decides to ink with Notre Dame. So that decision comes tonight from him. Can't wait to see. If they add to the class, the more they add to this class, the more attractive, like Malik says, and the more vitality that comes into the program. So why would you want to go anyplace else? Mike Nolan, thanks for the super chat. Any guesses which freshman earn significant playing time next year? We kind of talk about that a little bit. When do you see Notre Dame player movement into the portal? Well, we've had two so far.
2: Yeah, we'll probably see some after the bowl game potentially. I think Marcus Freeman will have more conversations with guys depending on how they do with this audition tape of the bowl game week the bowl yeah. game finish. So, uh, thank goodness we have two compared to some teams that have at least 20. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And we got guys wanting to come back. So, you know, I think it's going to be a very uh, – Hard fight or hard climb for a true freshman in the class to come in and just start out right. Yeah. But I uh, damn it, they're going to be in the rotation.
1: <laughs> he said, but <laughs> oh. yeah, thank you, LL Nation, too, man. I got my signals messed up. Um, yeah, Hillman. I think we have a show on IB at 2 Eastern. So I think it is around 1. If I'm not mistaken, I think you guys are right. Yeah, um, we talked about the freshman earlier as far as who might be, uh, you know, Michael Ruskinoff. Do you think, with all the portal craziness going on, does it help Dante more possibly land in a better place?
2: Man, Dante, man, I feel bad for him. He
1: played himself, man.
2: Yeah. He played
1: himself. He could have been the face of the number two recruiting class in the nation. He played himself.
2: That's just what it is.
1: He just played himself, man. That's that's the NIL era, boy. It can it can send you off. Can, How you feeling? You crazy? It can send you off. So thanks for everybody that tapped in today. We had a fantastic show. Uh tomorrow. It's for the Culture Friday. Of course, all your questions, and we'll definitely dig into put us up on game. So get your entries ready. Movie, book, that you want me and left to dig into, it's for the Culture Friday right here. Put us up on game. And I would like to say shout out to my fighting alumni with a big win in Madison Square Garden over the number two ranked Texas Longhorns. Horns down. That's how we do it, baby. <laughs> yeah. Now, true story. Like the last time I watched, uh, the last time I watched Illinois in New York, it was against Texas at the Garden. They lost. It was Ooh. against Corey Josephs, Tristan Thompson, and that young squad. That's before Tristan Thompson was doing his thing.
2: He's probably doing his thing in Texas.
1: (laughs) He probably was. He probably was doing it. Because he only stayed one year in Texas. So he probably spent like those three or four months getting it in. Man. Crazy. Left. Back tomorrow, man. Just waiting for this movement. You know what time it is. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Petticoat. Petticoat.
1: Petty Coat, Eddie the story of the day brought to you by Nora Whiskey at that premium American whiskey at NorahWhiskey.com. Like I said, man, I'm a podcast nerd. So, you know, listening to a podcast where Montel Jordan was telling the story of how he was out stepping on his wife and his boy. Tell me if this is Petty, bro. They went on vacation, family vacation every summer with his, his boy and his family, right? Super tight. They always went out of town, did things together. So they came to the house and they were sitting in there and they bring up the family vacation. And his boy says, we're not going on family vacation. And if you need to know why, ask Montel. And so Montel said, he's sitting there looking like, what? And so then he goes on to say, and if he won't tell you, I'll tell you. What? I, I said, wait a minute, bro. Now, nah, come on, man. Look, bro. I Look, you first, be messed of all, up, man. first of all, if you want to talk to me and tell me, bro, come on, man. Don't have me around all this stuff. You're going to make me look like a liar. Of like, course. Yeah, get it together or or tell her. But I'm talking to you in private as your boy. Yes.
2: If you my boy.
1: you going to do this in front of the missus? Yeah, what is wrong with you? And like, if you don't tell her, then I'm, I'm going to tell her. her. What? We wouldn't be cool, though, ever again. Ever again. We had
2: probably to fight right there just to cause a distraction. Yeah. Cause of what?
1: Yeah, that, that's some. Yeah, bro, that, that ain't your friend. Everybody no. in the
2: nation, that's not your friend. <laughs>
1: no, no. You trying? I see what you were trying to do is you were trying to relieve yourself from the stench of being around it and participating for years and lying on his behalf.
2: Yeah, but if you do the crime, you got to do the time, man. Yeah,
1: don't switch code now. So you trying to look like Goody Two Shoes in front of your misses? Yeah,
2: no way. No way. You try to, you try to, you're not going to sink me saving yourself. We all going down.
1: <laughs> Man, come on, bro. Uh, he, that's one of the worst instances of breaking cold, bro. Ever. Yeah,
2: It can't be much worse than that. Your own, your hard, own boy bro. is like, I'm going to rat on you, and if you don't tell, I'm going to tell.
1: Yeah. Man, I had to throw this boy on a petty train like, bro. We ain't praying. Have a great hump day, man. See you guys tomorrow. I did say, man, I thought it was Thursday. I did say tomorrow was for the culture. Friday. I'm bugging. Have a great hump day, man. But most of all, you have to make sure that you spin it differently. Different. See you tomorrow.